Hey everyone, producer Isaac Lee here. A couple of things before we get into today's episode of Dads featuring the great Wiley Dufresne. Uh, first of all, there were some issues with Wiley's signal. He recorded on a mic where there was some rustling noise. I tried to cut it wherever it got really bad, but a lot of it is in there just by virtue of its quantity. It's a bit annoying, so be forewarned. The second thing is a plug for The Ringerverse, our new nerd culture podcast on The Ringer Podcast Network. If you, like me and Dave and millions of other people, are watching The Falcon and the Winter Soldier on Disney+, Plus, this is the podcast for you. They also cover a bunch of the popular IP that's out there. Uh, it's really fun, so please check it out. All right, coming right up, Dads with Wiley Dufresne. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Great iced tea takes you somewhere else like new pure leaf blackberry iced tea that we have here at the Spotify studios and drink quite a bit where unexpectedly blackberry flavor transports you to a very delicious place. So refreshing you may never want to leave. You will eventually have to though, but take your time. Try new pure leaf blackberry iced tea. Visit amazon.com slash pure leaf and enter 20 pure leaf. That's 20 pure leaf for 20% off your purchase of new pure leaf Blackberry iced tea. This episode is brought to you by Vital Farms. No matter how you like your eggs scrambled, over easy, or sunny side up, the people at Vital Farms believe in one thing, keeping it bullshit free. That's why their pasture-raised eggs come from hens who each have over 108 square feet of space to roam and forage all year round. So you can spend less time questioning your food and more time enjoying it. Look for Vital Farms in your grocery store and learn more at vitalfarms.com. Vital Farms, keeping it bullshit free. We are dads, we are dads, we are dads, we have children, so we are dads. Hello, hello, welcome to the Dave Chang Show, part of the Ringer Podcast Network, presented by Major Doma Media. Today, we are joined with multi-appearance guest, the fourth time, Ying? I, I think, think the fourth three, time? four times. How many times have you been on here, Wiley? I think this is three now. Three timers club. You, I think are tied for the most repeat guest. Our good friend, one of the best people in the plant in the world. Grateful Dead fan, Wiley <laughs> Dufresne. <laughs> Woo We are doing a episode of Dads, and I'm sure a bunch of other things. But Wiley, thank you for joining us again. Yeah, I think it's great to see you guys. I'm always always excited when this uh, pops across the uh, my very very busy schedule. <laughs> so uh, I'm, I was I was glad to shoehorn you guys in between unemployment calls. <laughs> uh, it's been about a year, like which is the craziest thing because we 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 first had you on. Wow, with the beginning of all this mess, yeah, and then immediately right. thereafter we did our our dad's episode, and now. Here we are checking in again with you nearly a year later. Yep. Uh, last time you were on, you you educated Dave a little bit about Rube Goldberg machines. <laughs> uh, we shared some butterscotch pudding recipes. Um, indeed, indeed. But uh, how you been, man? How I mean, I, I don't know. Have you guys have you guys had a chance to catch up at all? This is the first time I'm seeing Wiley in a year or hearing from him. You guys had any chance to talk very much? Uh, no. I, I, I think our, unfortunately, our banter has probably been through like, pithy Instagram comments on each other's posts. I feel like that's the the way we've been more or less uh, distantly, you know, tipping the hat to one another. Yes. 
But honestly, that's just how I want all my good friendships to to remain right now. To pithy comments on social media because I don't. Again, like I don't know about anybody else, but I'm in a world where I'm not trying to find new friends, and and like treading water right now for the net past year plus is is just fine. <laughs> And I miss, I miss, I, I want to give Wiley the biggest hug in the world. I want to get a, a proper cocktail with the man and, and get something good to eat. I've already seen Chris and that was a letdown too. So, you know, <laughs> part of this is like, maybe the Zoom world is good. It's, it's, it's like such a low ceiling. And yeah. <laughs> I like I'm all about low ceilings these days. So this is good. <laughs> I, the, the Instagram check-in is actually so real. I, I, Really appreciate when somebody I haven't spoken to for six to nine to 12 months comments on an Instagram, like with a friendly little pithy comment. And I'm like, oh, that friendship is fine now for the next six to nine months. Like I was going to have to check in, but obviously they're not mad. They're commenting on my Instagram. We're good. Yeah, I was admiring Hugo's tasting menu lunch he had the other day. Mm. Oh, yeah. I'll make an occasional microwave comment and or <laughs> post myself. And if I, I mean, I, I know if I want to hear from Dave, all I have to do is post something about a microwave and then I'm good. He'll, he'll chime in. <laughs> Just so, catnip for this guy. Yeah. Hey, Wiley, why do you think people are so afraid of the microwave? Uh, I don't know, man. I... You know, I, I know that you're its biggest champion, but I might be its longest champion. You know, mm, I've true. been singing the praises of that thing forever. I mean, we put one in every station of the kitchen at WD-50. Every station had their own microwave. And I just think they're amazing. I think people are terrified of them because they just don't understand it. It's like it's like those same people who think that they're going to get irradiated from their cell phone or something like that, which is probably a greater probability than getting any, getting harmed by your, by your microwave. The things are amazing. They're so awesome. They're so awesome. I mean, I just put an. I bought a huge bag of rosemary last week, and I pulled it all off, put the whole thing on a paper towel, and microwaved it for like ten minutes. And not only did my my apartment smell great, but then I just hit it with a mortar and pestle, and it was bright green, super aromatic. And I was like, "This is the best way to dry rosemary." Period. Period. I mean, it's just unbelievable. What did you think about our any day? I've been playing with it. It's cool, man. It's super cool. I, there's a, like, I feel like there's a middle size missing. Like you've got some real small guys and some huge guys. Somewhere in there is a slightly, um, maybe a slightly smaller vessel, or like a medium-sized vessel, I should say. I think we are working on a, a smaller one for toddlers and, oh, okay. and also a middle-sized one as well. for Yeah, well, for, I mean, that's smart, yeah. giving toddlers things right out of the microwave. That wouldn't have occurred to me. <laughs> no, but to reheat... <laughs> food and to cook food and that's going to work out well. No, I think, I mean, I think that's great. You know, I, I've obviously taken a quart container too far in my day many times. Um, I even melted a Cambro in a microwave, which was pretty impressive. Nice. Um, nice. Have you been, are you like me, Wiley? Have you been microwaving in plastic this whole entire time? Are you, are you like me? Yeah, I'm not BPA free. Definitely not. <laughs> You're BPA laden. You're just- BPA enriched. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, a while ago I started transitioning back to glass, although that's a little tricky too because it's not totally clear which which ceramics should be in the microwave. But yeah, I've you're you know, Wiley, you're like the character. Uh, I think it's Polaris in uh, WandaVision, where you went through the the hex and back through <laughs> by microwaving so much, you can now distort radiation and light waves. <laughs> I was kind of hoping for the Hulk, but that's fine. You the know. Hulk's Korea now, FYI. Amadeus Cho 
a.k.a. Mm-hmm. Dave Chang. Oh, my God. Did I turn green? A little bit. Just a little bit. Uh, yeah, you turned a little green. Dude, that was terrifying. Yeah. Um, Wiley, how's, uh, how's, the, how's the family, man? How the, have the kids been in the last year since we've checked in? Uh, the family's great. You know, my wife obviously is the rock. Um, that's nothing new to anybody. Um, she's the, she's the one holding us all together. And then the girls, the girls are doing well, you know, uh, both of my kids are, are blended right now. Um, and my younger, our younger daughter just got, got some more extra days thrown in there. Um, our older daughter's in, in middle school, which is still sort of she's not She's already, she's in seventh grade already? Sixth grade. Yeah. Oh my Crazy, God. right? Crazy. Oh my God. And she's, I mean, they're, I think they have like the most amazing attitudes, all, all things considered. They've been unbelievable. So I, I feel very lucky because um, they've, they've all had, you know, a really good attitude about this whole thing. So, mm-hmm. so what does that mean? They're blended, they're half, half remote, half in person. It's not quite half. It's like uh, in the best case scenario, it's like a third in person and, and two thirds remote. Can, can, yeah. You know, when that hit me, this is how dumb I am. I was like, Hoppa? <laughs> That's what I thought too, honestly. I was like, how did you how did you make them have Asian since we This is a WandaVision shit. <laughs> well, boys, since I last talked to you, I've made my kids half Asian. <laughs> um what do you want to do, Dave? You want to do our traditional dad dad pod style, do some victories, do some losses, do some hacks here. I feel like Wiley always comes prepared. Should we should we get into it that way? Unfortunately, let's just everyone know Wiley's a better father than both of us. <laughs> yeah. She's he's you know, we're like um we just like entered like boxing. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> and and like nobody wants to watch a bunch of amateurs just turn pro, right? Yeah. yeah. This we're guy's got two undercard. kids. This guy's got a a blended kid in the sixth grade. <laughs> <laughs> He's yeah. got all kinds of tricks up his sleeve. I think we need to just roll out the red carpet for the real dad, the all-star, first team all-star no, in our universe. No, 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 Yeah, no, I, I agree. Make, dude's making Rube Goldbrick machines. <laughs> <laughs> the dude doesn't have a whole heck of a lot to do, <laughs> you know? So there's, there's that advantage that I have probably over the two of you. I imagine that your schedules are a little bit more tightly packed than mine. But that's you know it's okay. I'm not I'm not here to complain. No, I think you've been crushing the the dad game, the parenting game, and the pizza game from what I've seen on on your social media. Yeah, that's been super fun. I think I think pizza saved me during the pandemic for sure. Yeah, talk about how the talk about so when you when we we talked to you back in May last year, you were in the pizza swing. Things were going. It was evolving though. Tell us about how your pizza game has evolved in the last whatever eleven months. Uh, I mean, I went down a very, very deep rabbit hole, um, as I am known to do with a chosen subject matter. And so I've immersed myself in the pizza, pizza world, trying to understand as much as I can, specifically New York style. I'm, I'm trying to, to, I've been chasing New York style pizza in my house. Uh, and so it's been, it's been really fun to try to understand, you know, all the dorky terms from protein levels to hydration levels to whatever else there is to to know about it. And, uh, it's, it's been good. I, f- I mean, there's definitely an arc that my, my pizza game has taken. So that's been great. What's your hydration level, bro? Uh, 61.7%, bro. <laughs> 
I was trying to I was trying to sound like a cool pizza guy. My my linchpin is my everything bagel pizza. Oh. Tell us a little bit more about the everything bagel pizza. It's a layer of cream cheese spread down on the pizza, then some mozzarella, then everything bagel spices, then baked, then finished with chives. What about some lox? Uh, you know, that's not for me. That's not how I do my bagels. You know what would be good on that, Wiley? Because you had an everything bagel-inspired dish at WD. You could do the the dried... The salmon for salmon, a cocky? Salmon yeah. for a cocky. That'd yeah, again, the, the ROI on that is also... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Wiley. Just a casual Tuesday salmon for a cocktail. Yeah, just that, that was that going. was always a good way to get a stage to really groan. When it was like, what What do you want me to do next, chef? I need you to go make salmon for a cocktail. Well, like, uh, how, how is it done? How is it done? I, for for us for us fans who who never actually got to try it, how, how oh, was the, the salmon the for a salmon, the, You know, the salmon, the char, whatever you have was was poached and then it was flaked. Then it was lightly smoked, cold smoked, and then it was put in a pan with um, some sugar, some mirin, and a little rice vinegar, and just worked the way you, almost the way you would like paddle sushi rice. You do that in a pot over like a very low heat so it doesn't burn until it starts to look like, you know, roofing insulation. Um, And that only takes like three hours in changing the pot like five times. So it's super... God. Super labor intensive. That sounds um, so delicious, though, and I agree that sound would be amazing on pizza. It would be great on pizza. I mean, I mean, Dave had that dish—the bagel ice cream with that. It was, it was good. I, I loved it very much. So I'm, I'm actually like a little heartbroken that you've you're taking your bagel pizza and you're you're driving at the speed limit. You're taking it on a 55 mile per hour road and you're driving at 55 miles per hour. I think you could take it to 75, Wiley. Uh, I mean, Dave, you, you were just saying that we should sort of shoot for the fairway, right? Like, well, no, you know, I, I think it is, but you could put other things that are pre-made on it, you know, some pickled onions, maybe some capers, <laughs> a little capers? something. No, I mean, at pickled onions, I could see. Sure. Huh. Perhaps. Maybe pickled shallots. I yeah, would, pickled I'll shallots. Give you that. Pickled shallots. I'll give you that on a pizza. But I, I, I think it'd be it's screaming for smoked salmon. No, you're screaming for I am. smoked salmon. <laughs> I agree, though. Are you anti-smoked salmon generally, Wiley? Are you no, not a lox I'm, man? No, I'm, I'm fine with it. Uh, I would prefer sable over salmon if I had my choice. Um, I like smoked whitefish, too. Um, I don't know. Smoked salmon has always been a little bit on the oily side for me, but, but I, you know, I'm okay. The other thing about putting smoked salmon on a pizza, Dave, is I feel like I'm just taking a page out of Wolfgang's party, you know, and that's a little hard. I don't care. That's like, driving about four, that's like driving 45, not <laughs> yeah, 75. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, no, I'm just saying, okay, you have the smoked salmon or sable or whatever. You have the pickled shallots, maybe some capers or not, whatever. And then all that's missing now, Wiley, is a nice, thick slice of beefsteak tomato. <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't even know what that is, Dave. Just a tomato. Just a nice... Tomato. Now, there's a problem with our connection. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Just a half dozen oysters on the side. No, no, nice you're chili. taking it too far, Young. I'm genuinely <laughs> telling you, I think a tomato on it would be delicious. No joke, though. A tomato would be good on that pizza. Yeah, this has been great, guys. Thanks for having me. <laughs> well, you want to hear something insane? This knucklehead named Chris Yang likes sun-dried tomatoes. <laughs> I did not say, I said I like sun-dried tomato cream cheese. I did not say wow. I like sun-dried tomato as wow. a general thing. What? What's wrong with sun-dried tomato cream cheese? Uh, just go look at yourself in the mirror. 
<laughs> I haven't done that in years, man. Come on, now. clearly. <laughs> <laughs> Come on now. Well, I mean, listen, you, it, there's, it's the one food that you can tell that Wiley and I are Blade Runners, and you are a robot. You don't know it <laughs> <laughs> because. You don't know that the, your, your consciousness is no, not complete dude. because what you don't realize is no human being likes sun-dried tomatoes. You only <laughs> only artificial humans say they like sun-dried tomatoes, so that's how we know you're a robot. That's fine, man. Just put me in. Like, you know what? Where I am these days, I watch The Matrix or something. And I'm just like, put me in there, man. Put me in the hive mind. Just let me enjoy my sun-dried tomatoes. Like, I don't need to be. I don't need to be a real human in a replicant world. Why would you want to be the a plate runner in a, in a replicant world? Sun-dried tomatoes. Come on, man. Yeah. No bueno. Again. Oh my god. Let me just reiterate why sun-dried tomatoes. I can understand Wiley. Totally reasonable. As his friend, why he doesn't like tomatoes. You don't have to like it. You don't like it. Fine. Texturally, whatever. But we live in 2021. We have refrigeration and there's and canning. If you want to eat a preserved tomato, canned tomato is amazing. Delicious. Why so, do you want to go with the like the most ancient way of preserving food? It doesn't even make sense <laughs> anymore. <laughs> it, has, it has all that the, the, the nutrients from the sun, the Tuscan sun has has rained down on these beautiful I'm tomatoes. gonna give you a perfect I'm gonna give you a perfectly ripe mango. And you're gonna be like, I love mango leather. So much better. <laughs> I, I do like dried mango. I'm going to put it out in the sun. Let let Helios do his magic. Just dry my beautiful fruit into a leathery, chewy nugget. But going into fruits and kids, did your kids always eat the same fruits from like toddler on up now? Or has it changed? Have, have their tastes changed? Um, you know, it's been it's been fairly consistent. I would say like if we're laying out the failures that has definitely was one of mine was not, we decided not to make food like a, a pressure point early on in terms of getting them to eat, eat things. I was more interested in volume over variety um, and didn't want to make it a pressure point. And I think that there are like, it'll be interesting to see, like I see Hugo, right? Hugo eats kind of everything right now. And I, and we've noticed that when our kids were younger, they were more willing to try a wider range and even ate a wider range of things. And as they've gotten older, they sort of have refined their likes and dislikes. So I was like, you loved hamburgers two years ago. Why do you suddenly not like hamburgers? And so with fruits, I've seen that, yeah, like, I mean, apples are super popular, um, pears, peaches, those three really get a lot of play in our house. Berries are really popular. Um, we have a little bit of an ongoing discussion as parents about where we lie on the seasonality of things. Like, is it okay to buy certain things? You know, like I'm not down with a Driscoll berry all the time, like a strawberry, but like a Driscoll blueberry is kind of not that objectionable. You know what I mean? It's, it's not as openly flawed as a Driscoll strawberry, you know? <laughs> so can we have those in January? I think that's probably okay, but not the strawberries. But why? Because they're both there. I don't know. We're going back and forth. Driscoll blueberry is is consistently of a much higher quality than whatever the fuck is going on with that Driscoll strawberry. Do you know that they have like um, like Driscoll like black label? Yeah, they do. They're fucking good. They are like fancy Driscoll. What is it actually? No, it's, like, it actually? it's like six or seven dollars more. <laughs> oh my gosh. And they're not Japanese perfect, and nor are they even remotely close to maybe something you get in Southern California or like California in general. But for like the seasonality or the seasonless 
idea of it. It's coming from somewhere. They're pretty damn good. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, but that that's like the conversation we've been having is like, that's okay for you and I to make that decision, right? Like you're roaming the supermarkets late at night. Maybe you've had a, a few too many somethings and you come across those strawberries <laughs> in the dead of winter and you go for it. But like, do we have like an obligation to sort of explain to the kids that they shouldn't be eating strawberries? Well, you're right. Maybe maybe that's how Chris Ying learned to love sun-dried tomatoes. His parents early <laughs> on said, can't eat a tomato out of season. We don't like canning. It uses too much energy. That's true. You can only eat preserved things oh. by... The greatest energy source of all time, the sun. The free it's energy. True. It's true. Yeah. My parents, every time I wanted a tomato in, in December, they would say, you want a tomato so bad, go eat the fucking one we left outside the sun for you, kid. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I love them. They're so delicious. So I put them on my cream cheese. Uh, I was thinking about that thing you were asking, Dave, of like the kids evolving tastes. And I, I think about this a lot because it's a huge pressure point in our house. I heap so much pressure on my kids to eat everything I want them to eat, everything that we put in front of them. And it's sort of one thing when they're toddlers, when they're, they're, they're really little. But then as they get older, like my daughter's four now, I've come to realize like maybe if she doesn't want to eat this thing right now, it's not because like she no longer likes salmon rice. It's just she's not in the fucking mood for salmon rice today. Like if, if I had to constantly eat what other people told me to eat, I wouldn't want to eat it 90% of the time either. So like I, I think like, I mean, maybe that's part of it. I don't know, Wiley, do you think that that's true? Or do you think like, or kids, when when did your kids start to develop like, oh, I, I'm in the mood for this now. I'm not in the mood for this. Well, I mean, I think you get into the psychology of kids figuring out the game too, right? Like they know- Oh, yeah, there's huge point, power plays going on here for sure. Yeah, at some point they realize like, okay, not only are you going to make me my meal, you're going to make me what I want my meal to be. But, you know, you try to use the force and steer the witness uh, in the direction you want. You know, for instance- I mean, this might sound weird because, again, I, I see Hugo eating a, a very wide range of things, and, and I'm very impressed. But, like, we introduced scallops to the family just this week for the first time, and it was an unequivocal train wreck. You know, it was it was not <laughs> oh, no. it was not met with a lot of uh, enthusiasm. Mind you, there's few how, things— How did you cook them? Uh, I sautéed them all. They were real nice— wild scallops. I sauteed them all in a little bit of uh, oil. And then I took half of them and then I browned a little bit of butter and lemon juice and chives. And I poured that on top of half of them, knowing that I was treading into dangerous waters. And then I squeezed a little lemon juice on the plain ones too, knowing that that's like a magic, invisible magic wand is lemon juice. Um, and it was a disaster, unfortunately. But, you know, at least they tried it. They <laughs> what tried was their it, reaction? You know? Well, I mean, it, it, the reaction was, do I have to eat this? Do we have to have that for dinner? What else is there? Can I not eat this? And what do you do? Um, what do you do in that moment when all you want your child to do is eat something so they don't get like malnutrition? What do you do? Do you cave in and give them something else to eat? Well, I mean, I, I don't think we're approaching malnutrition. That's being a little uh, dramatic. Like, that's what I think. Every meal that Hugo decides not to eat, I'm like, oh, my God, he's going to die. <laughs> I don't think so. I think my understanding of Hugo's condition and his environment is that he's going to be okay. <laughs> but like I said, I don't want to make it a pressure thing. Like they each tried them, you know, there was a little bit of like, come on, you guys got to get past the psychology of it and just try it. The same way adults decide before, you know, this in a restaurant, Dave, people decide by looking at a plate if it's going to be good or not. And they, they didn't want to eat 
fish. Oh my God, not fish. You know, but for me, it's like, there are a few things I enjoy more than cooking fish, like roasting chicken and cooking fish are the two great joys I have, or two of the great joys for me when it comes to cooking there. It's a satisfying process, but um, I don't want my kids to be stressed about it. So we tried it and it didn't work. And, you know, the chicken nuggets came out of the freezer and they, they ate all the other ingredients. They ate the Hari Kover and they ate the whatever else was on the table that night, but they just didn't go for the, for the scallops, but it was a try and we'll try it again in a little bit. I mean, the bigger issue is that when this whole craziness blows over and we can travel again, we want to take our kids on to other countries and other places. And we almost always decide where we're going to go based on what we're going to eat. And if, you know, it looks like we're going to Italy because all we can eat is pasta. <laughs> or, or wherever the chicken nuggets are grown. Yeah. My, my ongoing dad failure is like, I can't do what you just did. I can't like serve it to them, watch them not like it, and then say, eh, it's okay. We'll try it again later. We'll do it better. Maybe they'll like it more next time. Like I, it, it like it is a huge legitimate failure on my part. I'm not, I'm not kidding around. Like I get, it really upsets me when the kids won't eat something, especially when it's like something I have put a lot of effort into making for them. I know it's all my fault. I know I shouldn't heap all this pressure on them, but like, it's a huge failure for me. I, it's a, it's a pressure point for me personally. Like if they don't eat it, if they, if like, this is disgusting, whatever I get upset. You don't, you don't feel that at all. Nobody. Yeah, I do. I mean, it's why I, I, I mean, it just happened for lunch today. I made him your recipe club spaghetti and he didn't like it. <laughs> and then he goes, I want rice. And Sorry, then I gave him Hugo. rice. And he says like, I want owl. So he wants some like salmon roe. Cause that's like the one thing I save in reserve just to make sure he eats something. And he didn't eat that. And then he's like ice cream. But that's where I have to stop. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not giving you ice cream for lunch. And, you know, it's a good idea. I would ask for that, too. He's smart. But, you know, he, he just sort of spit out the rice. And I made him some eggs, like a quick egg fried rice to, again, make it more palatable for him. And it's weird because now he's, Wiley, he's actually stopped eating everything. He's now hardcore putting the blinders on. And there's no rhyme or reason what he likes or what he doesn't like. That's what's coming down the pike for everyone. You know what I mean? For everyone. And and he's going to decide eventually that he's a smart kid and he doesn't like oysters or sun-dried tomatoes. You know what <laughs> I mean? not, no, he won't. No, he won't. Not, not in the North Korean state that is the Chang household. <laughs> he's, I'm going I'm to get him some contraband sun-dried tomatoes. Dude, I'm going to sneak him some sun-dried tomatoes. I was like, Hugo, you're going gonna to eat this. You're going to break rocks into smaller rocks. <laughs> With well, I mean, his dad has a, ha a history of cooking with one hand, so maybe yeah, he can yeah. he can carry on that one-handed tradition. Oh, it just it kills me that he would just now he's just like no, like, and I I'm such a sucker. He's now saying like oh, I I want to he can like speak now. He can say like I want a kiwi. I'm like oh great, and I buy him some kiwis and I wait till it's perfectly ripe and I cut it for him and he's like <laughs> he's like I wanted the like, kiwi three days ago, it. bro. I don't want yeah. this shit now. <laughs> exactly. And I just, I'm such an idiot. I feel like I'm dating a girl and it's just not working right. It's not going out exactly you're, the way I planned. You're, you're, you're doing, you're, you're not playing hard to get, man. You're doing everything that yeah. you think that she wants. And you know, he, he won't, he won't I'm the it. sucker. I'm, I'm being treated as the nice guy. Take that kiwi, Dave, and turn it into ice cream. Kiwi ice cream. Kiwi That's ice what cream. you do, man. 
This episode is brought to you by Vital Farms. No matter how you like your eggs scrambled, over easy, or sunny side up, the people at Vital Farms believe in one thing, keeping it bullshit free. That's why their pasture-raised eggs come from hens who each have over 108 square feet of space to roam and forage all year round. So you can spend less time questioning your food and more time enjoying it. Look for Vital Farms in your grocery store and learn more at vitalfarms.com. Vital Farms, keeping it bullshit free. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. Let's get a success. Let's get a let's get a let's hear a parenting win, Wiley. What's been a success for you in recent dad days? We made pasta together. That was super fun. You know, walking my daughters through that process of, you know, mixing all the ingredients and then uh running it through the rollers and and watching all that. And then what was really fun too was was my older daughter Sora made uh her first sourdough loaf of bread, which I mean, not that we're jumping on the pandemic sourdough train mm-hmm. but a friend of ours gave us like a, a, a little bit of starter and some pre-weighed flour and some super simple instructions and it was awesome to watch her sort of nurture it through every step um and that was that was really fun to see her get excited about making it baking it and then i mean my daughter uh, my daughter's love bread my older daughter really likes bread so it was super cool to see how excited she got about eating bread that she had made herself that was mm-hmm. neat and Again, making the pasta was was pretty fun too. You know, that's a, uh, I mean, it's an easy trick maybe for a chef to pull off, but it's just super fun when you know your kids love pasta to, to have them see it, putting it through the rollers and and all that. It's that that was a lot of fun. A lot. Do of they fun. See, do they have a lot of like natural? Are they naturally pretty interested in in cooking in the kitchen? Yeah, they 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 both are are pretty comfortable um, in the kitchen. I'm trying to get them. Ironically, the, the thing that they're both really kind of hesitant with is a knife, and I keep trying to get them to understand that you've got to use it, you know, and 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 it's okay. And you know, like I cut myself for the first time in a long time, pretty badly with a man Japanese mandolin the other day, nice. and they get all scared. I'm like, I was just, you know, I said some things out loud that I shouldn't have, but not at anyone. <laughs> Just in frustration with myself, but like I, I explained them, that's okay. You got you got to do that. But but yeah, they particularly with baking, they do a lot of baking with Miley with my wife, and and she's great with them, and they love to bake. So that's where they're really um, stars. But they're they're getting into the cooking part too. It's super fun. Yeah, that's amazing. My younger daughter is constantly asking for a kid cocktail, which is also a lot of hilarious nice. and a lot. Is of this fun. the one that also makes coffee? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh man, exactly. She's oh, always man. like, "Hey, can we? Hey, Dad, can I have a kid cocktail?" And it's like, "Sure, why not?" Have your knife skills gotten worse over the years? Or are they still like pretty good? Because mine are easy. Mine, there, how how good were they to start, Dave? I thought they were pretty. Fu- they were pretty fucking good. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, with you, I think they're pretty fucking good. Um, I saw those mashed potatoes. Yeah, one handed, dude. One hand. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe maybe Chris will buy you something that you can mount on your head, so no, you can no, you can no. bring the other hand it's, to the it's party. Just so, Dave. It's approachable. It's approachable. You know, maybe a chess mounted camera or something. So I you just can cut use myself to- so much that I'm afraid of using the other hand. Okay. <laughs> I thought the idea was to show people they could do this at home. I don't want anybody at home holding a camera while they wield a knife at a potato like they're mad at it. <laughs> I will say, I mean, Dave's knife skills. Uh, I'll take them off trial here. I'll say one thing for this dude. The other day we were shooting for the show 
And uh, he was like, no, you don't even care what I'm doing right here? And I realized that he had been left-handed chopsticking the whole fucking time, just going opposite-handed on the chopsticks with hot oil, pulling things in and out. I will give you credit for that, Chang. That was That's very awesome. impressive. That I, that I cannot do. But no, Dave, I would say my knife skills have, have held up because I've been doing a lot of cooking. Um, I haven't been using all the knives that I've loved and cared for over the years. I literally use a Kyocera knife for everything, for everything, everything. Yeah. My knife skills have become, I have like deprogrammed myself. I am just a, I have the knife skills of a home, home cook now. You're a chopomatic now. And it's also like if I'm peeling something and I, I'm just not going to take the time to make it perfect. I'm just like, it's home cooking. And I just go, whoop, and I'm okay. I, I'm okay not making it perfect. And I have become a sloppy, amateur, horrific cook with shitty knife skills. And I'm okay with that. I'm just telling you, at home, we'll see how it translates back into a professional kitchen. <laughs> but I don't think anybody wants me to cut anything in a professional kitchen anymore. But I don't care about the knife skills, except when I'm cutting an onion. That's about it. Yeah. I mean, again, the Kyoceras are great. Those ceramic knives are great for that. You know, a lot less crying, a lot less stuff. But yeah, I've been, actually, that's been important to me to try to try to use a knife a lot. I, like I said, I, I, I want to get the kids a little bit more comfortable around it. Mm-hmm. Um, Dave, what, do you, you got a victory for us? You, you accomplish anything on the Hugo front to be proud of? It's more me just being present and being witness to things that he has figured out over time. And I know, I think when we first started doing these, the dad podcast, I was at a point where I was like, how the hell do they even talk? How do they do these things? And now he's stringing words together. And he's also like smarter than me in almost everything. And he knows how to fool me. And I think it's hilarious. But when it comes to just him using words, I, I'm going to be honest. I'm like, who taught you this word? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have no idea how he learns certain things. And I have no idea. And I'm like, Grace, I think, obviously has a lot to do with But I'm like, I'm with him a lot. Like, I don't hear us using these words. Like, where the hell is he learning this vocabulary? <laughs> and I think that's a win is somehow he's learning how to do things. He, like, gives himself self-cheers. He's like, I, want, I need a, he says, I need another cup. He has one cup. He's like, I need an, he'll say, I need another cup. <laughs> and then if he's got one milk, he say, Mool, I need water here. And then he goes, cheers. <laughs> nice. And clinks his two clap. That's so cute. That's oh great. Oh my God. It's great. So I, a couple of weeks ago, we took a trip, my family. Like, it was just like, you know how what it is at this point, like the ordeal of trying to come up with like a COVID safety plan for like leaving your home. We did all of this arranging. We found a place we could stay. And, you know, it was the first time I'd taken time off at all in this pandemic. My son was born March 1st. I took zero days off when he was born. And as unhealthy as it is, work has been my salvation through all of this, just focusing on work. You know, I'm around the kids 24 seven because I'm at home, but I've just worked nonstop. And, and I just decided I needed to take a couple of days where I wasn't going to do anything that anybody else told me to do <laughs> like or asked me to do at all. The email still came, the text messages still came, the Slack messages, the Zoom requests, all that shit was still coming in, even though I had been like, don't bother me. 
But I was just like, you know what? Fuck all of this. I'm not going to do, I'm not going to do what anybody else is asking me to do for two days, three days. And I'm just going to do every single thing that my children ask me to do. You know, you want to go nice. for a walk. You want to go swimming. Let's go swimming. You want to like ride me around like a horse. Let's ride me around like a horse. <laughs> like whatever the fuck you want to do. I'll say yes to every single thing. We'll go to the candy shop while we're eating s'mores, <laughs> whatever the hell it is. Like we're going to do it. And it just felt, it was probably, probably the happiest I've been in a long time for like these three days that I finally, I mean, Dave knows like Dave, Dave similarly, <laughs> or maybe like, because I, I, take after uh, my big brother here. Like it was just such a good feeling to hang on to just as we're sort of rounding the corner of whatever's next in this pandemic. It felt really good to be able to do that a little bit. And it also cemented this fear I have now. And I think that I know that Dave feels it acutely. I wonder if you do too, Wiley, like as things are going to change now, as things hopefully are opening back up, I already see Dave's schedule getting out of fucking control. I see my schedule getting out of control. And I'm like, I'm feeling straight up like Shawshank fear of freedom here. Like every single day that like we've been locked in with the kids and the family for this entire period. And, you know, I've left them for a couple of days at a time now to go shoot TV stuff. And it makes me, it just, I, I feel really uneasy about this next thing that's coming. And it was, I was happy to have that little trip. That was a huge victory for me. But like I said, it brought into very stark relief what's what's next for all of us, I think, as like this weird uh, year of being around our families all day, every day is probably coming to a close. I don't know. So are you asking me the question of what am I worried <laughs> no, I guess about? I'm just, or? I'm just, no, I'm just, I'm just sharing my my existential fear of what's what's around the corner. I mean, are you feeling this at all? Like going back out into the world and being a, a working out in the world person? I mean, for me, it's a little bit different than you guys, figuring out what is going to be next, not a fear of like, you know, the incoming requests and all that. I, for me, it's a, uh, I'm in an interesting sort of crossroad where I'm trying to figure out what is going to be next because I had a bunch of things that were sort of lined up that fell through. The donut shop, it's unclear if the donut shop's going to make it or not. I mean, that it's probably leaning towards not, but mm. at least in its current location. And that's, you know, that's okay. It's a bummer, but it's okay. Um, there's a lot of different things that would have to change sort of immediately to make it, make it worth trying to get that hustle going again. So for me, uh, it's not so much the fear of freedom is like the not having a, a totally clear path forward. Mm. Um, that causes a little bit of anxiety because, I have a groove now. I know what I do. Like, I know I got to pick the kids up at two and I know I got to feed the birds on the park bench at two 30 and I got to, you know, do, do all those things. And so, um, and I'm quite happy with the status quo, but I also am excited slash anxious, nervous, curious to know what, what the future holds in some way. Cause it's not totally clear for me. Yeah. There is a possibility that I could get a job picking sun-dried tomatoes. So that's a thought. <laughs> They don't have to be picked. You just Gramercy, Gramercy yeah. Park, single origin, sun dried. <laughs> single origin, sun. It's just, you know you can say it's, oh, you, know, you use the sun. It's single origin. I mean, but WD. It's like I don't think anybody knows outside of us making like content for media and everything. You know, I've been on the road. I, I I'm going to be in San Francisco this week filming. I'm going to be on away from home for ten days. That used to be the norm. And now I look at this and it makes me sad 
It used to be something I would look forward to being like, this is going to be great, but I don't think I'm ever going to go back. Like, I'm going to lose all my five points, my status, my diamond medallion, whatever, whatever. I don't give a shit. None of that ultimately mattered. And I don't care about, I don't want to be on the road. Last year I looked, I was on the road for 2019 to 2020, 147 days between travel and being away from home. And I'm just like, that's not only will that have to be reduced dramatically moving forward, but like, it's truly one of the benefits of this time is that I've been able to spend more time at home than ever. And it's honestly way more enriching. And I'd rather reverse engineer how to figure it out, how to make things work and make the schedule more accommodating because, you know, we're trying to figure out how to do this show, in a, you know, this Hulu show in a safe fashion, number one, but also two, you know, there's a lot of ideas for us to go here and travel here. And it's not that I don't want to go, but it's not enough for me to be like, I want to be away from home now. So I, I don't know. It's a, it's a weird place for me to be because I've never spent so much time in one place. I don't even want to get on a plane, you know, like, let's just say you go back to the old schedule where you're at work from 10 to midnight, pretty much six days a week, five days a week. Yeah. You know, and now your, your daughter's in the sixth grade and you might have so many years left before she goes to school. Is there a way? I guess the conversation is right now it's hard to envision options moving forward, right? Um, when so many of us are just trying to literally just figure out if you're working in restaurants or how you're going to do that. But does that schedule even, what, what's more appealing to you? You know what I mean? Like having a traditional restaurant schedule or figuring out how to do f- restaurant stuff or food, be in the food business and have a normal schedule. I mean, I think the answer is some some blended version of all that. You know, you have to, I think you have to be willing to give a little to get a little, you know, and, and I, I'm 50, about, you know, about to be 51 in a, in a few months, but like, I'm still able-bodied. I could still, you know, I don't necessarily want to work, hold it down. I don't want to be the, the chef de partie of Garmage, but I can still, I think, contribute in some way to the process. But that contribution can be made in in different ways and also in, in during periods of the day that are a little bit more favorable to, yeah, not missing out on those moments, you know, with with my family. You know, like my dad came to every sporting event I ever played in. It turns out because maybe there were times that he didn't have a lot to do either. But um, that being said, you know, I remember that he was there. I also remember that my mom wasn't there because she was working really, really hard to do her part. You know, my parents were divorced. And so my mom couldn't be at a lot of those things because she was working. And I, I, I'm i not saying that I begrudge one or hold one to a higher standard, but I, I recognize both and, and would like to find a way to contribute to my family, you know, economically, and, and all, but also be there for those moments, some of those moments, you know, I mean, I guess that's the corny answer, right? The work-life balance, which is not the typical answer of people in our industry, but it, that is, that is, I guess, some sort of aspiration going forward because you're right. You, you know, you realize that as they get older, they want to spend less and less time with you anyway. So you want to try to maximize those moments while you have them. Yeah. I mean, that's just, you know, it's the uncertainty of of what this is all going to be like. Like you said, why? Like you you have uncertainty in your way, and like mine is the same. I think Dave's is the same too. It's like I think we all have an idea of the work life balance we want to strike of, of the things that we want life to be coming out of this. My fear is just like 
how fast things are going to go and losing perspective quickly. I just don't want to lose some of the perspective I've been able to gain and like the prioritization I've been able to gain during this time. I don't think that's going to happen. I think that whatever changes happen as we resume our previous, I don't want to say norm goes back to normal because the normal will be different. I think it will, I think that the way in which it unfolds is going to be at a pace that's going to be actually beneficial to us. It's not going to be like flipping a switch. There's just no two ways about it. It's not going to happen like that. So that's going to actually work in our favor. I hope so. I think so. I mean, you know, knock on wood. I miss, I can tell you already, I miss, I've just gotten crazy fucking busy, just mostly TV and and doing media and the podcast clearly takes time, but there's stuff that's happening and, and I haven't been able to make food as, as much as I'd like to. And there was a point where I was definitely bitching. I was like, can't believe I'm making three meals and snacks a day. I feel like, you know, I'm working at a school cafeteria or something, but like this morning, for example, I was like, no, no, I have an hour. I'm going to make like a really nice lunch. And it was incredibly rewarding. I love to be able to do that. And I would say over the past month and a half or two months, I've been like making food like most parents have. Just, I got 20 minutes, just less, just here. Here's fucking food. I got, I got other shit to do. And that pace and that rush is not something I, I I really enjoy. I really like being present. I know that the world will get faster and I just got to do my best to be more present and to optimize and to be in the moments of the times where I, okay, I do have 20 minutes. How do I make that work for me? And that's what I'm trying to figure out. I don't have the answers, but when I do have, say, like an hour of free time, it's like, okay, I want to make this right. I want to, sure, I'd like to take a nap or go for whatever, do something else other than do work, but... I think there's there's a different sort of state of mind for me where I'm like, okay, if I'm doing something in the service of my family or the people I care about, like you guys, that's like doing your time or doing stuff for you is like my time too. So like that's where I'm like trying to force myself to be at. And all I know is if it's constantly just feeling like I'm in a rush, I feel like I'm not doing it right. Yeah, I mean, I think we're lucky too because we find that those moments, like you said, in cooking, you know, and, and, and because it's in many ways easier for us and, and enjoyable. And I think cooking can be a stress point for, for parents, but for us, I feel like that's been a real nice win is the realization that we can take a minute and put something together and we can enjoy the process and the end product, you know, yeah. um, not only are we like feeding our family or providing them with nutrition, but it's an enjoy, like you said, you have an hour oh, I'm going to bone out these chicken wings. I'm going to roast them lightly. I'm going to baste them. I'm not going to just, you know, throw something in the microwave again. I don't mean to, to speak ill of, of the Holy Grail. <laughs> of, your, Dave, of your best but, friend. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, I think, and I think that that's a luxury that w- we've been fortunate that that's been something we've been able in this, this crazy year plus to, like for me, not being able to cook in a restaurant setting, it hasn't been fully ripped out of my soul because I'm still able to take a minute and, like you said, Dave, cut an onion properly or do the things, still be respectful of the process of cooking, even if it's only for four instead of 400, you know, and that still is very rewarding and satisfying. And by the same token, when this is over, I'm I'm grabbing my younger daughter and we're going to go to Union Square and ride bikes. And I'm super excited about that. You know, that's also mm-hmm. going to be really fun for me. So, yeah, I mean, I think you're right. There, There is this sense that going forward, we will try to find find a balance, which seems odd to us because I think in our industry, that's not, it's not only not existed, it's almost not been cool to, 
to want that, to appreciate that. It's, it, it was for the longest time. It was like, what? That's not, look at that guy. He wants to spend time with his family or that guy's, you know, doesn't want to work today. Or some of that is being washed out of our world and in a good way. You know what I mean? And it, it's being washed out of our industry where the idea of, of finding that balance is, is something that people are, are seeing as a, as a positive versus a negative. I'll, I'll tell you one thing that I, uh, I don't necessarily get in trouble for this, but I feel guilty about it, though. Like, speaking to what you guys are talking about. Not the tomatoes again, Chris. Come <laughs> on, man. Please. When I'm out there sun-drying my beautiful tomatoes. Uh, no, it's when, I, uh, when I've decided I'm going to cook something special for my family. I'm going to put the effort in. I'm going to do something a little more than, like, reheat what I can find and, and throw it in there. <laughs> there are times where I've like I've 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 undertaken some semi-elaborate cooking process, and the kids are going fucking bananas. And my wife is like trying to corral them, and I'm like, oh, I can't, I can't do anything. Uh, I've got to butter base this steak over here. <laughs> like, yeah, I'll be right there. I'll be right there. I don't necessarily get in trouble for it because I'm making food for everybody, and it is an act of love. But like in the back of my head, I'm like, am I just hiding in this kitchen a little bit? <laughs> Am I hiding in here? One hundred percent. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Nobody hiding. can do this, so I gotta do it. <laughs> exactly right. That's exactly the thing. <laughs> you could just fucking season the steak and pop it in the broiler too. You don't have to. <laughs> don't tell them that, Dave. Don't tell her that. This Put it in the any day and press yeah. play. This is, and this is my only refuge. Fine. I'm just like, no, no, no. This needs a lot of careful attention. I got to watch these potatoes spin around in the microwave. Um, before we let Wiley go, can we can we hit him up for some more? I, I think your butterscotch pudding was a huge fucking success in both of our homes. You got any more little hacks well, and secret recipes? Ask, before we ask for a hack, uh, I want to put him on the spot here. Oh. And, and, and he has to answer this, and there's no other way. He has to give us a specific age frame for his kids. Because the answer, regardless, will be he loves his kids, regardless of the age. But what was the favorite <laughs> point of oh you being God. a dad so oh, far? No. Right? Is it, is it when they were like zero to two, two to four, four to six, or is it now? I think right now. I think uh, eight and 11 right now is great. You know, it's great because I'm having super fun conversations with my older daughter. Like yesterday, I was like, speaking of philosophy, I was explaining to her the notion of the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And it was like, what? what? Wait a minute. Oh, that's funny. That, you know, and like that was just watching the light go off and and like, that was super fun for me. And, you know, they're, my younger daughter too, it's like, they're, they're not complete full humans, but like you could talk to them like the way you talk to, at least the way I talk to Dave, not how I talk to Chris, but like you can talk to them. Were, were you explaining the enemy of my enemy is my friend? In well, he's got to tell me offline because I don't understand that. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk <laughs> I was, <about. laughs> was, was going to say, were you explaining it in context of like, daddy's got to do this podcast tomorrow with this guy, Dave Chang, and you know how I feel about him, but the enemy of my enemy <laughs> 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 well, I, I don't know if this is a good thing or bad thing because I don't understand any of my enemy of my friends. Don't worry about it. Um, but like, I, I, Hugo, what, is now two years, one month? And I can't wait till he's your kid's age, 8, yeah, 11, no, it's, because it's just getting better and better yeah, and it's, you know, it's super fun. We're, you know, we're going to all go whitewater rafting this summer and we're going to go zip lining and we're going to, you know, and it's like, that's when it's super, super fun because we're just, it's like we're hanging out, you know, and we're, like I said, we're still friends. There'll come a point where they want nothing to do with me, but now they're, we're pals, we're buddies and that's, it's awesome. It's awesome. 
Hey, Wiley, so your kids are, uh, I think, about the same same age gap as mine. So eight I have a question. Eleven. Eight yeah. and eleven. Mine are mine are four and one. And so here's the thing that's happened. Like you know, you're you're kind of divvying up parenting duties. You got two parents in the house. You got two kids. Naturally, it's going to kind of be like you take care of this one while I take care of this one. I'll go change this diaper while you do this thing. I feel like. I do feel kind of bad because the tasks that I am more equipped to do on a parenting front lend themselves more to like my older daughter. I can play with her. We can rough house. We can joke around. We can read books. We can do things. I'm feeling a little bit guilty. And I wonder if this happened to you at all, where it's like in the divvying up of responsibilities, more often than not, you know, I get the older one and mom gets the younger one. And you know, it hasn't led to any like real problems or anything, but I definitely am just like, maybe I, you know, I, I'm spending more time with one than the other is all I'm saying. Did that like happen at all when you, when the kids were a little younger for you? Um, well, I worked a lot more when Sawyer was younger, like Sawyer's mm. first four years, I was working a lot. That's when I had two restaurants, yeah. which was the most I've had at any given point. And so that wasn't the case when Ellery was younger. I feel like I've been able to spend a bit more time. Um, but, you know, I, I also feel like because Sawyer's still pretty young, I've been able to make up what I felt like was, like Dave said, you know, you go to work at 10 a.m., you, you're asleep when they wake up and you're yeah. they're asleep when you come home. And I, there was definitely a lot of that for a while. But I, I, I like to think that I've made been able to make up for that. Dude, Wiley's a, Wiley's a fucking awesome dad. We started off that podcast saying he's an awesome dad. I've seen it. Whether he realizes it or not, he's sort of like a nice benchmark for me of being a dad, right? I don't know about that. You Dude, know, we you've could been all, a great I, dad. I, we could all do better, you know? But. Well, I'm only saying that because, you know, I talked to Miley and she's like, you need to give him some, like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, still. Make him feel good. It. It is not been, it's not been going well. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think he's, I think he's a great dad, but Dave, he needs to be better. He really overcooked those scallops. Those scallops were hammered. Uh, he thinks everybody loves lemon juice. What's he doing? He's like, lemon on scallops? Is he crazy? <laughs> All right, Wiley, give us, give us a, uh, grace us with a, a little bit of a, uh, a hack, if you've got one for us. A hack? Something a, a, a kitchen hack, a recipe, something you can make frequently. That's a that's going to arm our listeners with a little ammunition to feed the little ones. Something like that. I'll say one of the best hacks besides the butterscotch pudding was um, butter on the chicken nugs from Ooh, Target. Yeah. That was a good hack. Oh, that's good. That's that good. I mean, primo. It, well, in that sort of highbrow lowbrow, I would say that whatever you think is good in a tortilla is also good in a slice of American cheese. <laughs> You know what? Wait, I, if anybody out there right now in the ether <laughs> is listening to this, right? Like the SETI program, we should put that out of space right now. That message. <laughs> Whatever's good in a tortilla is also good in a, in between a slice of American cheese. Yeah. To quote the great Wiley Dufresne. Yes. That should also not just be put out in a message in space by satellites right now <laughs> in radio waves. This should be put into every fortune cookie on the planet right now. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's that's not only a great culinary hack, it's also keto friendly and gluten free. I think you could start an American cheese diet, Wiley. Just like well, it doesn't have your- to be keto or or gluten free. You can put whatever you want in there. You know, you know what I mean. But give like, us some, give us some examples. Give us what goes. What's a delightful American cheese example? 
I will lead with the fact that I I, I find that there's very little that doesn't go well between, <laughs> or you know, you, when you take that piece and fold it. But like I, I, so the other thing I've been trying to work on, Dave, and you can appreciate this. And 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 if I'm ever in a in a position where I I need to to have a cook trail for a for a job, this is all I'm going to ask him or her to do, and that's to cook me a bowl of rice because I've. There've been a couple of things that I've realized that I'm not nearly as good at as I thought I was. It's unbelievably simple and yet unbelievably challenging to do right. So I've been working a lot on how to make rice. Um, and I've read a lot and I've come up with my own ideas and I actually have my own system now for making rice that I, this still is, is a little too janky, even though it yields really good results. That being said, I tell you that a warm rice wrapped up in a piece of American cheese will get you closer to God. American cheese nigiri, American style. Holy yes. cow. Yes. Holy that cow. That is you took the, I was about to say it, Dave, but you stole it from me. But well, I, that's, I, a, that's a real to, Korean American. We're used to that idea. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> wow, shots fired. Oh, it's true. It's that's true. It's true. From it's the true. heart. From shots the heart. From the heart. But it's true because, you know, Wiley doesn't realize that he was just taken from my mom because that's the move. <laughs> <laughs> hot, hot rice, pat of butter, and then three slices of cheese on top. Let it melt over, and that's what—that's how you do it. Before yeah. we get you out of here, what do you say to all the naysayers of American cheese? Stick to sun-dried tomatoes. Ooh, <laughs> remember, oh, man. anything oh, that can God. be. Good in a tortilla can also be good in, in between a slice of American cheese. The only greater truth out there is never start a land war in Asia when death is on the line. <laughs> or the friend of your friend. Yeah. I mean, the enemy of your enemy really? is your friend. <laughs> or, or conversely, the friend of your friend is your enemy. I like it. <laughs> Tune in to the Dave Chang Show for messed up aphorisms. <laughs> we are dead. We are dead. We are dead, we have children, so we are dead.